Well, Father Jonathan, uh huh. What's up? Oh, you know, just being a priest, preaching, celebrating well, mass. How about that? Did you preach finally? I did. How the turntables? That's right. They have. The tables have turned. Yeah. Yeah. How was your preaching today? Although they haven't really, because you still did. <laughs> well, no. I mean, like from last year, where you were like at a parish, and I was. That's right. Two years ago, getting a chance. Two years ago. Yeah, two years ago. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Uh, it was great. It was great. Yeah, I went to this local parish and uh, filled mm-hmm. in for another Jesuit. So it's not. It's still not my my uh, part time full time gig. But it was yeah. good to. Yeah. It was good to be with people. Nice, nice. That's great. What'd you preach on? Uh, the gospel. <laughs> so I did. I had this. I don't often do this, and this was kind of my first time to. You know, sometimes when people preach, they repeat the same thing over and over again because that's what they want you to remember. Yep. I did that with that first sentence from uh, uh, Wisdom. I prayed Ooh, yeah. and I pleaded. I prayed and I pleaded. And so that ki- that kind of was the refrain that I kept going back to as I spoke about, you know, the need for prayer. Uh, nice. You know, we can oftentimes... It was kind of... I don't want to pat myself on the back or toot my own horn too much, but toot toot. Uh, mm. I, you know, we can we can get into this mindset that, oh, I don't need to bother God with my with my complaining or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's like mm-hmm. real prayer is what happens when you go and approach the Lord with joy and, and blah, blah, blah in your heart. It's like, okay, okay, cool. Maybe. But like, look at this first sentence. I pleaded. <laughs> right, right, uh, right. And so like, if that's all you can bring to Jesus, the important thing is to go to Jesus. Exactly. It doesn't matter if you are uh, have joy in your heart or if you have anger in your heart, go to Jesus. That's right. Um, That's right. And then, so yeah. And then the other thing, and I kind of wish. So here's the, here's something that maybe we can talk about some other time. Um, I wish that I had spoken more on the rich official. Was what he's called in Luke? Just the rich guy, the man, yeah. the man in Mark. <laughs> uh, went away sad, and I kind of went on this kick about that not being like a bad thing. Ooh. And we kind of look at this man. Oh, God, see, he went away sad. That means he didn't know what was going on. Mm. As if that's the... The the lesson of the story. Yeah, yeah, like, don't be sad. How dare you? That's so dumb. Right, it's right, like, okay. right, right. <laughs> uh, no, that's yeah, good. so I mentioned it and, you know, just wanted to, yeah, emphasize that. And I think that could be, especially these days, you know, with with all the isolation and COVID and all that stuff, I think actually talking about sadness uh, mm. could be important. Yeah. And totally. the Gospels are, I mean, here here was a perfect example of that, right? There's so many opportunities to do that. Mm-hmm. I think we can mm-hmm. engage that a little bit more. Anyway, anyway. No, and that, no, and that was another moment where I was like, and I prayed, and I pleaded. It's like, in my yeah. sadness, this is what I need to do. No, that's good. And I, I really also appreciate like the like vindicating the rich young man as someone who is not just an easy like whipping boy mm-hmm. about uh like oh he just doesn't get it you know um it's like actually he like the scripture says that he runs to jesus kneels before him right. and asks him about eternal life like this is not someone who's just there to test jesus yeah, like exactly like and he goes away sad and that should mean something like he wants to do god's yeah, will yeah. like <laughs> like this is hard for him you know um no i appreciate that that's good um I did something that we didn't talk about, which I was uh, surprised by. I 
I want to tell you two things about my preaching this weekend that was kind of strange. One, I full disclosure. So I had two I had two homilies this weekend. One uh, Saturday in Spanish and one in English today. And like last week, I thought that it was going to be really easy to like make sure I did the same thing twice. Uh, didn't happen uh, because my first homily I was really rushed in my prepping and I didn't have a ton of time before mass because it was the vigil mass and I had like appointments in the afternoon. And so I kind of winged it. <laughs> so, uh-huh. And it like I, I, I it wasn't terrible. It wasn't terrible, but I was not proud of how kind of unprepared I was. And so it ended up being a homily that really focused on material possessions. And I focused a lot on that as like getting in the way. Um, and then today I didn't issue that, but I did refine what I was trying to say. And t- I think today's homily was stronger. And the point of the homily ended up being about the second reading. Um, about the thing you focused on a lot in our conversation last week, which was the two-edged sword and like the word of God pierces the heart. Mm-hmm. Um, I focus in particular about the word of God not being the Bible, but about being Jesus. Mm. And Jesus cuts to the heart. Jesus is a two-edged sword that um, is able to cut to the marrow. Yeah. And how uh, and how he does that with the, with the rich young man, that he looks at him and loves him and cuts straight to his heart. And the man goes away sad because Jesus sees him in the one place that he's unfree and he's too, he's too, it's too vulnerable. Like it's too much for him, you know? And that's why he goes away sad because he can't, he can't let go of that last thing. Um, so it was just sort of an invitation to letting Jesus look at us in that kind of piercing way as the word of God tries to pierce all the way down to the marrow and letting him show us where it is that he wants us to let go. Um, and I didn't mention that that was prayer, but that's kind of where I think in the back of my mind, we were talking about prayer, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, I thought it was good. Yeah, that's great. That's great. Now I have to ask you though. Mm-hmm. So you're struggling with, with length, right? A little bit. Yeah. And today, so today your, was... your, your solution is to preach two different homilies and just split, <laughs> split your long homily into two. <laughs> well, I would much rather that than to preach two homilies in one mass. I mean, for sure, well, for there sure. There it is. There we have it. Yeah. So even even still, even though I, I did uh, a poor job of preparing on the first one, it still didn't go longer than eight minutes and 30 seconds. Um, now, again, like, I don't want to be too scrupulous about time, but, like, I want to keep it around there, maybe a little lower, but yeah. no, in, in general, keep, keep, it, keep it under 10. Um, really quick, you know, I, I just want to... Full disclosure again, one of the things I want to tell you about our preparation for this upcoming week that is kind of a striking uh, thing is that I'm not going to be actually preaching these readings this upcoming Sunday. Oh, yeah? Um, What's going on? So so we have these readings that actually are great, like the James and John and Zebedee uh, readings, and also this part from Hebrews that comes right after what we had this past week from Hebrews that I, I would love to preach on. But but the Universal Church is doing this synod on synodality that's starting this fall, and every diocese has to kick it off. And so oh. every parish in the Archdiocese of Miami is being asked to dedicate one of their Sunday Masses to the kicking off of the synod, and it comes with its own Ooh. bank of readings. Um, well, let's talk and I gotta about tell it. You, I got to tell you, I'm actually not happy about it. Like I'm <laughs> actually very upset that the readings change because... Like, I get it. Like, it's an important thing for there to be special readings for a special event. But, like, the people of God who are coming to this liturgy are going to probably prepare for Mass in the best of cases with the readings for, for the Sunday. Day. Yeah, right here. Yeah. And so, I, what are they? They're, 
they're good. One, the gospel is a good one, and I could see myself preaching on the gospel anyway at any time of any day. It's the road to Emmaus. Oh, and, I love that. <laughs> and I, I could talk about the road to Emmaus all day, every day. Um, and so I, find, I kind of feel like I was at least given a good gospel to work with, where it's like, you know, at the end of the day, even though I won't maybe preach on James and John and Zebedee, like, I could give a good homily on the road to Emmaus and people probably won't leave angry that we didn't get the gospel for the day. Yeah. You know, I do think that there could be some similarities there, some overlap, you know, uh, James and John are asking who, you know, who's going to sit at your right and your left, like yeah. the cup that I drink, you will drink the baptism is your baptism. Like there's a lot of like some core like belief stuff going on. Yeah, and I think that's the same thing that's going on with uh, with Emmaus. Like Jesus yeah. is showing them that yeah, he's the fulfillment. But this is not a new story that you've just heard. Like this mm, is written yeah. on your bones, like mm. on your father's bones. Like the, this goes back. Um, so yeah, I wonder if I mean that's just off the top of my head, but I do wonder if there's something, some way that you could kind of tie in what would have been the readings with what. You know, and I don't want to say sound this. I don't want to sound too negative, but like, what you're you're forced to preach with with this upcoming week. Yeah, yeah, and I guess that's kind of one of the things I wanted to ask you is if you think that it would be disingenuous to try and preach on both. You know, um, like not in a double homily kind of way, but in trying to fold them together. Yeah, I mean the 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 and this is something that we've talked about before. Like, do you preach the feast? Are you preaching mm. the synod, or are you preaching the twenty yeah. ninth Sunday in ordinary time? Right. Right. Yeah, I have no idea. Um, so anyway, that's kind of what's on my mind right now. And I like if for this conversation, it'd be great to talk about James and John and Zebedee. But it's kind of going to be a little sad unless I get a second mass this weekend. I won't be able to preach on these readings. Mm. It's um, just for that one mass. Yeah. So the archdiocese here has given us permission to do any number of masses this weekend uh, as the opening mass for the synod. And so we're just going to do one of them, the high mass on Sunday. Mm. Um, the, the big mass will be the opening of the synod mass for our parish. Um which is fine, and I'm the one that's presiding at it, which we go. And it's actually there's a whole ritual at the like at the doors to the church and like opening wide the doors, and it's kind of a cool thing. Like there's this whole ritual around opening a synod, um, but still, like it's it's kind of a bittersweet thing with the readings, you know. Um, but anyway, what do you got for James and John and Zebedee? You mentioned a little bit there about like <laughs> basics of faith, you know. Yeah. Anything else? No, I think I mean it's such it's so rich, and this is again this is something that I always talk about. It's so rich with imagery that. It's easy to get lost. Hmm. Like there's so much. What do we hone in on? Because we yeah. can't talk about everything that Jesus is going on about uh, yeah. here. I mean, we could. It would just yeah. take forever. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, I think it's interesting. Uh, this last Jesus summoned them uh, and talking about rulers over the Gentiles lorded over them and their great ones make their authority over them felt like there's it's an interesting parallel between how we could perhaps even um, relate to the church, to the authority of the church. Hmm. Like, is this just a thing that we hold over people to to make them do what we want them to do? Or is this yeah. something that is, you know, moved by the Spirit? Um, right, right. And as he says, whoever wishes to be great among you will be your servant. Like, is, hmm. is that what's actually happening? Or, you know, other things that are not as great. Right, right, right. Um, no, that's good. I mean, so yeah, I think there's a, there's a whole angle here about authority for sure. Um, 
that's that's clear. I, you know, just the fact that you were saying that there's a lot to focus on. I think one of the things that I would just flag a couple of things to me that really stand out from this reading. The first one is like again, I don't want to villainize the disciples here, James and John. I like I think people will preach this gospel as like the audacity of these guys. <laughs> how dare you know? They? Like how dare they? First of but all, I kind of want to say like, <laughs> yeah, like but I kind of want to say like. Yeah, we should be bold yeah, and ask Jesus, absolutely. you know, to to save us. And like like maybe they're coming from hubris, but I don't think so. Like Jesus says, "What do you want from me?" Mm-hmm. Like if Jesus asked me that, I would probably say, "Lord, I want to be in heaven with you." Like let me sit with you in heaven. Um is that too bold to ask? Well, maybe. And I think the point is not that they should never have asked. But whether or not, and this is the third prediction of the passion in Mark's gospel, is whether or not they're able to experience glory through the cross first, you know. And so, like, Jesus doesn't ridicule them for asking for the seat in heaven. I think the—actually, he doesn't ridicule them at all. He just says, hey, can you sit in my right after drinking the cup, you know? And they say? Yes! Yeah, exactly, exactly. We can. We can. can. And and I believe them. There's confidence (laughs) there. I mean, we know that yeah. they, you know, they run away, blah, 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 blah. Great, Dude, great, but James, cool. But James dies a martyr yep, in Jerusalem. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. We, we, that's such a fascinating, I mean, it's, it's a similar struggle that we've got with the, uh, you know, with, with Doubting Thomas, like the fact that we call him Doubting Thomas. It's like, no, man, this is yeah. not, this is, yeah, I totally get that. This is not a, an opportunity to demonize, just like with last week and that rich, that rich man. Like, yeah, he just becomes yeah. the scapegoat, this whipping boy. It's like, wait a second. No, totally. It's okay not to be fully aware of what we are... Do I want to say that? Of what we're committing ourselves to? I mean, so, okay, let, let's just refer this back to uh, that rich man. Like, Jesus was asking a lot of him. He's asking a lot of, of James and John. Mm-hmm. They're, they have a different approach to it. They're a little bit more bold than that rich man was. But in a similar way, like... They don't know. He's saying that you don't know what you're asking. Right. He said the same right. thing to the rich official, and that and that rich man went away sad. Now we don't know if he came back. I hope that he did. We know yeah. that these apostles did, so that gives us hope for that other man. You know, when they right. hear that word of God and act upon it. Yeah. So I wonder if there's something there of um, hearing, not understanding, but still being able and willing and. Uh, and confident in this word that we have yeah. heard that has changed yeah. us. I don't know the fullness Look, of, of 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 what faith means. Look, I mean, I think even, and nobody even can. more more concretely though, like like you and me, like I can speak to you as a person and say, Jonathan, did you know everything that it would require of you to enter religious life and to seek out priesthood? Are you joking? Absolutely not. It's exactly. <laughs> Absolutely not. But did you did you say yes? Yep. Yeah, because I don't need full knowledge of all of the repercussions. Uh, like I'll, I'm willing to carry the cross with you, you know, and I'm willing to to follow you to glory. Now the cross does stand large, you know, and looms large. But I don't know. I just don't like. I don't like uh, dumping on these apostles as if they were. Like, the people who become indignant in James and John are the other ten, not Jesus. Boom. There it is. So look at, look at the second reading. Let's see if we can make a connection here. Brothers and sisters, since we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast to our confession. 
Amen. Let us believe what we have just professed and let us live it out. You may not know it yet, but this is something that's going to unfold. This is something that's going to grow. Right. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weakness, but one who has been tested in every way. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like, man, (laughs) is that good news or is that good news? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think, I mean... I mean, just knowing that Jesus called James and John to be in his inner circle, and that later James would found the church in Jerusalem, and John would go on to write the fourth gospel, and would take care of his of the Blessed Mother. Like, I think Jesus wants them to receive the thing that they've asked for. Like, he's not saying, oh, you don't have any idea what you're asking. Yeah. I think he's saying, like, okay, do you know what you're asking? <laughs> yeah, this is kind of a big deal. You know? Like, this is, let's, like, let's have big boy talk here. <laughs> but I think he wants, like, I, I, I would imagine yeah, no, the Lord sure. wants them to receive what they're asking for, you know? Yeah. Um, now, another reading of this gospel is, I think, the popular one, which is like, oh, look at their hubris and look at their arrogance and they just want glory. And I just don't think that's what's going on here, you know? I think it's an opportunity for Mark to show us that the great desire for glory requires the cross. And, like, it's a prediction of the passion, and he's not making James and John look like fools, you know? It's it's a bold thing to ask to be raised with Christ. Mm-hmm. And Jesus takes advantage of that and says, great, let me teach you about what that requires, you know? And I don't know. I think it's beautiful, especially when we think about vocation again, like with you and me as priests. It's like, yeah, I know of many people who want the glory of the priesthood, whatever glory there is in the priesthood, but don't want the cross in the in the priesthood. I mean, They don't want the suffering, you know? We don't even have to go as far as priesthood. I mean, look at marriage, you know? Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. yeah, like this This is not something that you snapshot in time and are the same throughout your entire relationship for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. Like, it changes. Mm-hmm. And you, I mean, you, you know who that person is when they're, you know, 20 years old or, you know, whatever it is. But you don't yeah. know who they're going to be when they're 50 years old, when they're 60, 70 years old. Right. Right. And you don't know who you you are going to be when you're 50, 60, 70 years old. Like that's that's go. part of yeah. the journey. Mhm. Mhm. Uh, and yeah. Jesus is there to be with us as we make that journey. Right. You don't right. know what you're asking. You don't know what you're getting into because you haven't been there yet. Yeah. And actually connecting with the second reading again, it's like Jesus knows because Jesus has been through it, you know, and he knows how to sympathize with us. And so he's I don't think he's correcting James and John. He's saying like, "Okay, Okay, but it's going to require you walking the walk that I walked, because mm-hmm. uh, I've walked it before, and I know what it takes, you know? Uh, but I'll walk it with you. I'll walk it with you. And I just love the response, man. We can do it. Yeah, here we are. You know? Like, that's beautiful. And I, I mean, I think that the enemies here, if there are any, is the other 10. They became indignant at James and John. That's jealousy, yep. you know, in the body of Christ. It's like, I don't know, man. Shoot your shot. If you're not going to shoot the shot, then... Well, I'm not going to be jealous of you. Like, that's, you got to shoot your shot, you know? You got to do you. Or, I mean, what's the option there? You either play the game or you get off the field, (laughs) you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's right. Now, we can, we can play poorly. Okay. I mean, there's, you know, there's all sorts of things that we can talk about with that. But, like, Hmm. just showing up is huge. Yeah. Even if you're not the best, you know, I'm not going to keep going on this sport metaphor, but even if you're not the best player on the team, let's say, Show up. Yeah. Be there. Right, right. Now, I guess maybe this is this is my parting thought, just because for the sake of time, is that I think all of this for me would be a great homily uh, with the prediction of the passion and the boldness of the apostles and, 
in a beautiful way in the zeal and the and the we can. But the second half of the gospel, going back to what you were saying about authority, like I wouldn't really know how to those yeah. two go together. Like, is that where Jesus is correcting James and John? So you know? I think there could be a theme of humility in these in this in this reading in particular, but also going back to those other ones that we just saw. You know, like. Um, yeah, we are the ones that are willing to say yes to the Lord. We are the ones mm-hmm. that are willing to go to the bitter end. We, uh, as Christians, not you and me as priests and Jesuits, uh, like this is what Jesus calls of all of us. Uh, you know, and I think the the trap of that is to, exactly what he says, to lord it over people, to say, oh, well, I'm, you know, holier than thou, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so yeah. I think there there could perhaps be an opportunity to talk about what it actually, I mean, what that, what that encounter with the risen Lord actually means in our life is not to be, you know, exactly what Pope Francis said is essentially what I'm trying to get at here, you know, about, yeah. about the church not being the showcase for sin, for, for saints, but the field hospital for sinners. Yeah. Like, yeah. So in that, in that way, Jesus is saying like, okay, this like is what it looks like. Yeah. This is what it'll look like for you to drink the cup is that you need to be the servant of all. Yeah. yeah. To give your life. No, that that's good. That's good. Cool, buddy. All right, man. Hopefully I get to preach on this, but if not, <laughs> it was, it, it was nice while it lasted. All right, pal. <laughs> all right, man. Peace out.